Nick Sirianni, well, he's done a 180 since being hired from the Eagles. We'll discuss that, plus officiating and where should the Texans go? Will it make sense to hire a familiar face? We'll dive into that and so much more on today's episode of Locked On NFL. You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi again, everyone, and welcome in to another edition of Locked On NFL. He is Tony Wiggins. I'm James Rapine. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. And a reminder that we are wherever you get your podcasts, including iTunes, including Spotify, Google Play, and also on YouTube. So subscribe, follow the show. And today's show is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Have you ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise? Then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in all capitals. Again, Ultimate Football GM, Locked On in all caps. And Tony, let's start with the NFC champion, Philadelphia Eagles mm-hmm. and Nick Sirianni, a guy that, well, let's be honest here. When he was introduced as head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles and they had moved on from Doug Peterson, a lot of people, including both of us, were like, oh, man, is Sirianni the, the right guy? He seems kind of overwhelmed. Well, they got it right. You've noticed the change in him, and I think it's a pretty noticeable one. It's 180, man. It's a 180-degree turn at his first press conference. I was like, they fired Doug Peterson for him? Dude didn't wear the right clothes and kind of had his hair a little too long. And I know fans in Philly that uh, good friends of mine that were real big Peterson fans. And now that he's in Jacksonville, I actually see why they're real big Peterson fans. And to know that you won a Super Bowl after never winning one with Doug Peterson and you love him and then they couldn't get along for whatever reason and then he ended up leaving – and then to have good old Nick stroll into the press conference with a sweatsuit on and literally saying stuff that was inaudible and almost didn't make any sense. And folks were giving him the uh, Adam Gase treatment. They were like, is this Adam Gase part two? No, 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 no. He is an alpha dog. And right now he seems like a dude that in the minds of a lot of people, including me, has just done a 180 in terms of his entire swag. I mean, his entire image is – and, and winning cures everything, but it just seems like to me uh, somebody knew exactly what they were getting when they got him and they got the right person. Yeah, I, I think uh, I, I would agree with that. I like the swag is a good word. The When they beat the Colts and he was just so fired up for Frank Reich mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that stands out to me. But even was it last year he had the beat Dallas shirts and they lost to the Cowboys. But you could see it starting. You could see him try to, all right, this is who, how we're going to be. This is the identity. And I think that's okay. I think we've seen, you know, Frank, uh, uh, Nick Sirianni is an example. Uh, Zach Taylor uh, is an example of this. Hiring a, a young coach and letting him develop and become his own guy and, and learn on the fly a bit, it can work if you hire the right guy. 
And clearly mm-hmm. the Eagles have appeared to, to hire the right guy. The Bengals clearly hired the right guy. And I, I like how Sirianni has adapted, how he, he does have an identity. And it's something that if you're an Eagles fan, you love. You love the fact that he is willing to, to go all in on this. And if you're one of those players in that locker room, I, I think you, you're 1,000% behind him and you'd w- run through any wall for him. And that, that's the part of this where you look now and the, the Eagles, I like their chances a, a lot in Super Bowl 57. And, and he's got them positioned. It's a great roster, top to bottom. Yep. I like him a lot. But uh, Sirianni's certainly done a heck of a job. I, I like him a lot too. It just reminds me to look back to a year ago when they were in the divisionals versus the Rams. I'm sorry, the uh, Buccaneers. And it just seems like they were overwhelmed. And it seems like, God, man, Philly needs so much stuff. So they get A.J. Brown and you're like, is that enough? No. What they did was there were a lot of guys that actually grew up too and realized what they had to do and how much better they had to play. There's a, it's, it's the second year of whatever he was, he was pushing out and whatever he was selling them, they bought it. And this goes to uh, any team that is in the second. You guys went through it last year. Was, was that the second year of Zach Taylor? And and then they, was it, was it year two of Zach Taylor when you guys? Year two of Zach Taylor, they, they finished four eleven and one. That was okay. the Burrow. Injury. So year three of Zach Taylor, but year two of, of Joe Burrow is when they went and did when when they went and did their thing. So one of the things that the reason why I thought about this was one, coaches don't teams don't have to announce guys that are going to win the press conference. They have to announce guys that's going to win games. And I think sometimes we look at this interview process and this hiring process as who's going to come in and excite the fan base the most. When that doesn't win one game or get you one first down or convert one third down. What, what, what's going to happen is they're going to hire the guy that they've heard. And I know I have a, I have a little bit of an issue with the fact that I have a lot of issues with the fact that it seems like a lot of minority coaches get one time and that's it. Or like guys are getting fired and Byron turns around, Byron ain't finding a job. The enemy might lose his. And these other guys, you know, Zach Taylor had the 31st ranked offense and he got a job. And these other guys have turned around real quick and get jobs. But I'll tell you this, a lot of this goes to what they actually do behind the scenes that folks don't know about. And I'm not making excuses for the lack of hiring on the African-American part. But what I am saying is the, the guys that are getting hired over other guys who look just like them, people know about them from other things that they do and people brag about them. I, I recall Tom Coughlin years ago, when he first took over the Jaguars, always talking about this little coach named Nicky Saban. Nicky Saban. I'm hearing all these things. That's what he called him, Nicky Saban. Well, it turns out we understand why Tom Coughlin was talking about a young Nicky Saban like that 25 years ago. And because now Tom Coughlin says, Sir Saban. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Saban, right? That's right. <laughs> so, so I'm just telling you, there's a lot of things in that profession that people know about folks that the average fan or media person don't. And Sirianni looks like he was definitely one of those guys. Let's continue the coaching conversation uh, with D'Amico Ryans, interviewed with the Houston Texans for a second time on Tuesday. Feels like he, he's going to, to be the next head coach of the Texans. Right hire? Should he interview elsewhere? What's the fit like? Let's, uh, let's discuss that 
coming up next. Today's episode of Locked On NFL is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. In Ultimate Football GM, if you've ever thought of being a GM in the league, well, this is the game for you because you can literally run a football franchise from hiring the next Nikki Saban or Tom Coughlin or Nick Sariani to making the right moves and free agency, the draft, anything and everything in between the ups and downs of a season. Well, it's on you with ultimate football GM. It's a challenging game. It's realistic and it's completely free and playable offline. So if you have a flight and you're not getting the Wi-Fi, well, guess what? You can use and play ultimate football GM. So locked on NFL listeners, are going to get a 100% free boost to the franchise when using the promo code locked on in all capitals in the game store. That's locked on in all capitals. So make sure you check it out today at ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app store. Again, ultimate-gm.com, promo code locked on, ultimate football GM. Start your dynasty today. And as we continue to move along here on Locked On NFL on a Wednesday with James Rapine and Tony Wiggins, going to take a look at the coaching staff where a lot of Coaches who are no longer coaching are right now in Mobile at the Senior Bowl and Locked On is there with them at the Senior Bowl. And you can get the inside analysis from the host that covered the NFL's next generation in college and find out which NFL draft boards these players will be climbing all in one location. Subscribe to Locked On NFL Draft for nightly shows from the Senior Bowl on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 9 p.m. All right, James, uh, interesting um, – well, it's interesting every year because it seems like every year the Houston Texans have a coaching vacancy. And this is the third year in a row that they have one. It looks like they may have a candidate. And I was just talking about African-American coaches not getting chances too often. They had two straight get fired after one season. But it looks like D'Amico Ryans, who's also African-American, will have a shot to coach the Texans. I think it's a good hire. I just hope they give him at least a four-year plan for him to be able to navigate all the things that have gone on there uh, in Houston. Better find a quarterback. You that's, better. That, that, that's the part of this. It, it, it won't matter. It won't matter. What, what, what's the thing? We just talked about Nick Sirianni. We talked about Zach Taylor. What did they do? They found a quarterback. If you find a quarterback, it's going to work. Doug and Peterson. It goes, yeah. for, goes for all these jobs. goes for all of them. The Colts. Whoever get, takes that Colts job, it don't matter if it's Jeff Saturday, Ryan Batterday, Brian Callahan, anyone in between. Doesn't matter if it's D'Amico Ryan's. You better Did you find say Jeff Saturday, Ryan Batterday? Yeah, that's right. I like oh, yeah. that. I like that. They they have the same coaching experience. Right. Right. Anyways, I I I'm I just to me, this is a good hire, and I love it, and I, I think it could. It worked really well. Obviously, he has the ties to Houston played there. J.J. Watt believes in him. But you're right. It's about time, and it's about finding the right young quarterback. I think he'll get that defense right. Yeah. I know what San Francisco brings. I thought San Francisco was going to give Nick Sirianni and Philly all they could handle mm-hmm. until Brock Purdy went down. And they had multiple injuries, and it was just a really weird NFC, NFC title game. Hated it. Wish it was two teams just going head-to-head, completely healthy, and not having those injuries. And obviously, Purdy went down, and all of that, but man, he's done a heck of a job with that defense and he's been around the league. He's going to be able to relate to players. And I I think that that's the part of it. Can you relate to guys? Do they trust what you're saying and believe that you're an expert in your field, whatever it is, whatever side of the ball or whatever you've done. And I think he checks those boxes. So to me, really the only question 
you're right, is time. But the other part of this is quarterback, and they clearly do not have their quarterback. So how do you find him? Is it someone in this draft? Is it a veteran? What route do you go? That's a, a big question for Houston. I, I think they need to look in this draft because I think that there are there are two guys at the top that I really, really like. And there's one I don't like as much as everybody else. I guess we can leave that for another day, but they, they're, they're, they're able to pick. Who, who do you like? Who do you like? You could say that. I, I really like Stroud a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And um, I like the kid from Alabama too. I just, I, see him. I, I just, I just get, I get so afraid when I see a dude 5'11", 190, and you say he's going to run your team. That, that scares the hell out of me. It, I agree. Houston's a dome. I think that part of it, I think that part of it does work because you're playing in a dome and it's not like, and I get it, Deshaun Watson was bigger, but it's not like he's the most physical quarterback in the world, right? True. And, and, and so I think Bryce Young could work there. And, and you really have to look at these guys. You're talking about Will Levis is the guy that you're not as high on as everybody no, else. No, I'm not. I'm not. It, it, the Will Levis thing, it feels like that kid that's playing tight end and it kind of feels like that kid that's in New Orleans. Uh, Ross's guy. Taysom Hill? Yeah, it just, you to, know. It, he, to, he, to me, it, you know what it reminds me of? Mitch Trubisky. Yep, when it's, that too. You, you it's dead like, on. I haven't won nothing. Let's crown him. And it's like, really? I, and, and I haven't, full disclosure here, it's not like I've done, don't cold take me on this if, if Will Levis becomes the next Brady. I haven't done a deep dive on Will Levis yet uh, or, or any of these quarterbacks because the team I cover is, well, you got one, right? But, but, uh, in the season just ended a few days ago. But I will, I mean, just look at the pedigree, right? CJ Stroud, big games, right? It, it, same thing with Bryce Young. Well, was, there's just some questions there. It's not like he had Kentucky in the running for the college football playoff. Right. So, when that's the case, much like with Mitch Trubisky, you're like, ah, really? You taking him ahead of these guys that were playing in huge games and carrying their teams and leading their teams? But, um, yeah, I think either of those guys, but you, you have to find a way. And, and maybe it is a Jimmy G. Maybe it is one of these, you know, you, you draft Bryce Young, but you also get Jimmy Garoppolo to compete now and build that culture and then slide in a guy like Bryce Young. Who knows? But I, I think that if he gets the quarterback right, I, I could certainly see him working at Houston. The scary thing about hiring a defensive-minded coach is he's going to have to basically hire a head coach of the offense almost – and if they're successful, you're going to lose that dude. Yep. So it's easy for the 49ers and, and teams like that to constantly keep replacing assistants because their head coach is the system, right, on offense. Well, that's not the case with D'Amico Ryan. So uh, they're going to be in a situation that a lot of people are. Think about Pittsburgh right now. They still mm-hmm. have their defensive identity with the defensive head coach, but they don't necessarily have the offensive identity. And they hadn't lo- they hadn't lost anybody. They just haven't seemed to find one who's modern day that can get it done. So I think uh, his style along with Sirianni's, that's the new uh, uh, very contagious style that, that people like. And what I mean by contagious is the way that they are, it catches on to their players real quick. And the players and the coaches seem like they get on the same page very fast, and that's half the battle. Now, you got to be on the right page, but uh, even if you're on the wrong page, you know, your death is kind of prolonged, if that's what it's going to be called, because at least you're all doing the same wrong thing together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
And I think the ability to communicate and have those players trust you so early. And what happens if you do all of that, get on the right page, and you hit a quarterback, you turn into Nick Sirianni. And and I think right, wrong, or indifferent, there are going to be a lot of owners that look at Philadelphia's situation and say, well, even when they made the decision to get rid of the dude that's probably the coach of the year this year, Doug Peterson, who won a Super Bowl, they still made the right decision, and they still made the right choice. And maybe we can get and – I, and I know them. Those owners do this. They're going to think that they can they can Philadelphia their own situation. And like you just said, more than likely you ain't going to be able to do that because that requires you finding another Jalen Hurts, which ain't going to happen when you snap your finger. You better take one of those kids at the top of this draft if you're Houston and be able to uh, try to build with that. Which is why they should have fired Lovey Smith in the middle of that game because you win that, that final game. And I'm not – it's nothing against Lovey. No, but, but you're you right. You can't win that game and get the second pick. You can't no. do that because now you don't necessarily have your pick. C.J. Stroud might be the guy that's off the board, and you might have had him over Bryce Young. Now you don't get him. And, oh, yeah, you could trade up. Well, now you're giving up assets. Nope. I would have I literally stopped the game halfway through and made sure that that wasn't the case. You think, you think Lovey future. knew he was fired, though, and said, to hell with it, I'm going to win it? Might have felt that way, didn't it? Might have felt that way. And all that does is hurt the entire franchise. I don't blame Lovey, by the way. It's his nope. job to try to win games. Absolutely but not. I do not blame if, him. If you're the Texans and you know he's out the door, then, man, you should have probably put him out the door before he won that game. Up next, let's talk about officials for a few minutes. There's a lot of talk about them, a lot of discussion this week, given what happened in the AFC Championship game. So we will dive into that next right here on Locked On NFL. Today's sponsor is someone that I am truly, truly excited about. It's our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in all of America. That is FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with no sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Isn't that something? FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. Now, I am the parlay king, believe it or not. I went to Vegas and I hit five out of seven of these things over a seven-year period. So I've done pretty well, and FanDuel is where I get all of my information. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. I'm telling you, man, you better make sure you tap into FanDuel, especially if you're new. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. One word. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports book partner of the NFL. Today's show also brought to you by the number one protein bar on the planet, Built Bar. And why are Built Bars the number one protein bar on the planet? Well, they have high protein, low sugar, low calories, and they're covered in 100% chocolate. So I get it. Super Bowl 57 is rolling around. You're probably going to have some, some cheat snacks and things like that. But Monday through Saturday, you could treat yourself with Built Bar. You don't sacrifice flavor or taste, and yet... They're still healthy. Check them out right now at Built.com or go to your nearest Walmart or Sam's Club. They are available there as well. Don't delay. Check out the number one protein bar on the planet today. That's Built Bar. 
Sam's Club, Walmart, or Bill.com. You just made me think, man. I might put a bowl of those things on the table. Uh, you could chop them up. You, you could cut little you squares. You could. Boom, 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 boom. Look, look at that. Look, a little, little Bill Bar tutorial here with from James and Tony here on Locked On NFL. All righty, man. So, segment three, we're getting close to the big game here in less than two weeks. One team that's not there that played their butts off are the Bengals. So I had to ask James, and I know it might be painful to open this wound, but I wanted to know, what is the temperature in Cincinnati? Are the fans over it? I know how it feels as a Jaguar fan. We had Miles Jack is not down 2017, 2018 against uh, New England in the AFC championship game. We thought that they did us dirty. Do you mm-hmm. think they did you hurt it by, dirty? And by the way, uh, the head of officials has come out and said one of those guys, either DJ Reed or BJ Hill, did get held up on that last play. Yeah, yeah, he he did say that. And um, first off, a little story. I last time I one of the last times I was in Jacksonville, went to a brewery, and uh, they had a Miles Jack beer. It was named after Miles Jack and after that play. Uh, I forget right. the name. Green Room, Green Room. Does that sound right? I know exactly where it is. It's on the beach. Yeah, on the yep. beach right there. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So yeah, it was that green room. And uh, look at that. Look at me remembering. I'm look, awful at names. Look, look at me knowing where all the watering holes are. <laughs> yeah, heck yeah. yeah. And so I think I tried that one, by the way. But uh, so yeah, I I don't think it's to that extent. I, I think the the problem is, and a lot of Bengals fans have, you know, pointed to the offensive line or Tyler Boyd going down or the Bengals having the ball with two thirty left and not taking advantage. They feel that way. They also are bummed about the officiating. And here's where I'll have their back. The consistency. All I want out of officials is consistency. So, for example, if you're going to call the Mahomes unnecessary roughness, which terrible. I get, I get terrible. calling that. Ter- no, I don't. Terrible. I, I, I get why they called it. Okay. I hate that it decided the game. I get why they called it. But if you do call that, then how is the, the play on the drive prior with Fra- Frank Clark, who clearly shoves Joe Burrow well after the throw? And he falls back on the ground, wasn't even in is still a quarterback, isn't running, clearly gets rid of the ball. They don't call that. That's the part where the consistency annoys me. Now, the the redo play thing, I think that was a ultimately didn't impact a ton, but it did impact momentum. It did. And and so what I would say is it's pretty simple. Get your crap in order. And be consistent. It's two things. Organized and consistent. Is that really the best crew that you could throw out there for the AFC Championship game? Because if so, that's sad. Something needs to be – it has to be way more buttoned up. And if you need to blow a play dead, then blow it dead. I don't care if you're at Arrowhead or if you're at whatever, the loudest stadium in the league, if you don't think it's Arrowhead. I don't care. Find a way to blow it dead so you don't have to to redo it and explain it half-heartedly where no one understands it. Everyone's lost and in the dark. This is a product where everyone should know what's going on and you should be able to explain it thoroughly. And they did not do that. They didn't do it on the broadcast. They didn't do it to Zach Taylor. And Zach was hot. And maybe it doesn't determine the outcome of the game, but it just looks so bad for this product. That is a multi-billion dollar industry, right? On the biggest stage. The only thing missing from Championship Sunday, all of the diehards are watching just like they will in the Super Bowl. The only difference is, is all, 
uh, you know, some of the casuals in general football fans that don't necessarily watch every Sunday, but watch for the Super Bowl for the commercials or whatever. Championship Sunday is huge. You have to have your best crews out there. And if that's your best, well, that's not good enough. So something, I don't know the solution, but it has to be consistent and it has to be buttoned up. And it wasn't. And I'm not saying that changed the outcome of the game. Believe me, this isn't locked on Bengals guy saying that. This is locked on NFL and locked on Bengals guy saying, I want better from officiating across the league because clearly it's an issue. Shouldn't It should be clean. We shouldn't be talking about the officiating. But here we are. Three days later, we're talking about it. And to, to make clear what I mean, I do think the push on Mahomes, I know why they called it, and I would have called it every day, uh, including, you know, the three days beyond the seven days we have, right? I would have called it 10 days a week. I just think that they called one earlier, I believe, on the Bengals that was real, real suspect. And then they act like they didn't see the one that happened to Joe Burrow. And I might be getting, I might be on my med so much I'm getting confused, but I know they did the same thing the week before where mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence was hit like two or three steps after and they didn't call it. But yet and still, they also call holding a lot more on certain teams than they do. And you're sitting there going like, man, that's not a hold. So this whole thing about the home field advantage, I think when the crowd is loud and everything's on the line, I think the refs get caught up too. The thing is, is though they're paid not to be. Those refs yep. should be more professional and not get caught up in big moments in the game like that because it cheats the game. So do, am I saying that the Bengals got holes to the point where they should have been the represent? No, because if things had gone the way that I wanted them to go, it would have been a tie and it would have went into overtime. Mm-hmm. And unlike somebody on TV, I'm not going to sit there and say, well, it might have been over anyway because the Bengals would have got the ball first and scored a touchdown without knowing the rules that now everybody gets a chance regardless of what happens on the first play. Yeah, But the thing is, is you just don't want it to come down to that. I agree with you that when the Bengals got the ball back and had the ball a couple of minutes ago, I thought the game was over. I said, they're going to do it. They're going to pull this off and they're going to do it. It just shows you, man, why you need everybody, all hands on deck. The Tyler Boyd injury, the three guys injured on the offensive line. That You almost just... You can't take for granted that they have Joe Burrow and they're in this situation now for the second year in, in three years. You can't mm-hmm. take for granted that, okay, well, that means they're going to be there every single year. And I'm, this is what I'm cautioning Jaguar fans about. It's not sold that you're going to be in that position with two minutes to go with the game tied. You're not going to be in that position every mm-hmm. single year. The thing that really, really hurts you is having unhealthy players at, at that juncture. Yeah, no doubt. And, and, and honestly, what I would compare it to is – the Bengals offensive line injuries to, to the chiefs from a few years ago when they lost yes. the Buccaneers. Great point. And when you're down that many guys, it's just tough, but they were able to overcome it and, and kind of weather the storm early, stay in it, hang around. And you're right. Once they converted that third and 16, I was like, okay, it, they, they're going to find a way to go down and kick a field goal. And they did. Yeah. And, and so you could say that you could blame that. Um, I also get the the logic of, you know, NFL fans everywhere saying that the officials need to be more buttoned up. They do. They, they need to be better. They weren't. I don't necessarily think that decided the outcome of the game, but it certainly didn't help it. And uh, that's kind of where I'm at with it. So yeah. we'll see. I, I hope it's better in Super Bowl 57. I certainly don't want to be talking about the officials after the game. I want a no. great game, by the way. I want it to go down to the wire. I want it to be the same way. Two minutes left. 
both teams tied up. Give me that. But, man, do not call it one way and not the other. Do not be so disorganized in the fourth quarter. Hopefully they can get it done. Any last words, Tony, or are we getting out of here? No, we're going to get out of here because I want to do a Super Bowl prediction, but we'll see each other again before that game. So we'll save that for next week. Awesome. We will do that next week. For Tony Wiggins, I'm James Rapine. Thank you so much for making us your first listen here on Locked On NFL. And until next time, thank you so much for listening to Locked On NFL.